Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek, and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing, and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Today we get to have Nate Yoho here, who is the current owner of three CrossFit gyms in the Des Moines area. He has a very unique story. I myself played softball all through high school, college, and continue to be super involved with it thereafter. And Nate was a college baseball athlete for the University of Iowa and received Big Ten honors there and then went on afterwards to play in the minors for the Milwaukee Brewers for a couple of years Mm -hmm. before um, starting his route in personal training along the way. And that has led him here. Uh, Nate, thank you very much for being a part of this today. We really appreciate having you. Could you tell us a little bit more about your story and about your business? Sure. My family moved here from Western Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area, around 1993, right when the floods were going on. And my dad, he is a podiatrist by trade and wanted to get into uh, academia. So he got a job at Des Moines University. I think it was Des Moines Osteopathic School of Medicine. Had a really long title when we first moved here. But um, he's now the dean of the podiatry department there. So that brought us out here. Went to Valley, played football, ran track, uh, ice hockey, and baseball. As I got older, baseball seemed to be more my sport. Um, got a scholarship to University of Iowa, and uh, was four years there. And then I signed a free agent uh, contract with the Brewers. I played with them for two, about two and a half seasons. And then I played one year independent ball before I realized that uh, there really wasn't much of a career for me and making 800 bucks a month wasn't paying the bills. So um, got into personal training. I just, just still had the opportunity to play baseball, but um, it was kind of over the life. And living with my parents at 24, my dad suggested that I go out and get a job because he was tired of seeing me sit around watching TV. And I got a job at a local gym as a personal trainer here. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Great start. So today we are actually in one of the locations. We're at the CrossFit Merle Hay mm-hmm. in Johnston. Um, in, in, in Des Moines, mm-hmm. but near Johnston. Yes. Sorry. Um, and this was the, um, this is your primary location, mm-hmm. your first location that opened in 2014. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Great. So what are some of, in the current environment right now, mm-hmm. um, the pandemic, things are just, you know, constantly changing. What are certain habits or business structures that have helped you um, be able to survive through this and find success? You know, we were hearing stories about it in January and February, and it was just something that just seemed, oh, that really doesn't really apply to us. So it'll get figured out by the time it hits us. And I was actually in Florida with my family. We were at uh, Disneyland. We were at Disneyland on Thursday, and they shut down on, on. They're announcing they were shutting it down on Sunday. We were at the beach, 
he and at that point had realized that, hey, we're going to have to close this thing. And that the threat of uh, the governor uh, closing stuff was, was a real thing. So we ended up announcing that we were going to close before we were mandated to. Um, but on the phone call was like, man, this is just so strange. We've done online stuff before, but um, had never been forced to do it. Uh, and we need, we need people to come through our doors, so we need to figure out something quick. So between the three gyms, I, uh, I, my co-owner or partner, Thomas Ortley, he's also owner uh, with me at all three gyms. And then we have another single owner at each gym. So there are a lot of phone calls figuring out what we were going to do next and uh, decided that we wanted to make sure that nobody felt left out. So we offered, uh, like everybody else, Zoom classes. Um, we went the extra mile and did um, video for everybody. So there's an eight minute video that explained the workout for the day. We allowed people to check out equipment. Um, if they wanted to rent equipment, they could get some of the bigger stuff like rollers and whatnot, but essentially took care of everybody's needs at home until we were able to open again. And the nice thing about it was we were able to combine all three gyms and each person had their own specific role. So nobody was getting overwhelmed with doing uh, everything. And it was kind of a cool thing to bring those three gyms together because really we, we have options that you can be a member at two or three gyms, but there's only a few people that take advantage of it. So it was really cool to see faces from different gyms on the same uh, Zoom classes and also get the feedback. Uh, during that time, we also raised money for Iowa Food Bank and ValorFit, um, an organization that we partner with here that puts uh, veterans into gyms. Oh, that's, mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, I know that, yeah, the online gym structure had to become a thing real fast for a lot of people yeah. but it is great that there's some positive with that being able to be a common thread right. through the multiple locations in the the gym world there's there's so many gyms yes what makes you different what makes you special and what draws people here in des moines yeah so we had discussed before we started recording that a lot of people see CrossFit and they, they think one thing and we're so much different. The way that uh, the way that, the, that you can become a gym owner as a CrossFit owner is it's a pretty easy process, which is a double-edged sword. You know, you have people that probably shouldn't be teaching people how to move uh, with some of the things that we do. And then you have some that are really good at what they do and the process is very streamlined. Um, but our industry... It is, it is very technique intensive and time intensive with a coach. So I think one thing that we do that separates ourselves is when we get, when we have busier classes. I mean, previously, um, before we were limited, we would have uh, more than one coach um, working with people so that we're not too overloaded and people get the attention they need. Um, currently we're at 11 spots, but previously our busier classes would be 15 to 18 when we have two coaches to make sure that we were able to get uh, get to everybody. That's the biggest thing in this sector of the industry. The micro gym industry has exploded. I came from big, what they call globo gym, mm -hmm. where it is bring as many people on as you can, a small percentage stay and actually use the gym. We're the complete opposite where because our rates are higher, people are not going to pay 125 to $150 and not show up and still let you deduct that money from their bank account. They're going to stop immediately. So our percentage of attendance is much higher than it is from uh, that sector of fitness as well. Yeah, and when you you draw in that level of commitment from people, mm -hmm. I know it certainly creates a different type of community because 
Um, I know personally from speaking with multiple people that are mm. members here that, you know, then you, you just, you create a different amount of support and loyalty yeah. and all of that to the gym and they can, they, they speak that for you mm-hmm. as well. What members of your gym or the people that are, are here and are those loyal people, how, if you were um, listening to one of them, what do you think they would say? How would that conversation go about, yes, this is what my gym is all yeah. about? I mean, the cool thing is I get, we get feedback, all the coaches do on a weekly basis, daily basis sometimes from people that have, you know, they were terrified of this or they tried fitness before and didn't feel that it was for them. And they appreciate the, the compassion that coaches have and the the um, patience they have with some of the movements as well. But this is one of those things where if you show up, all you have to do is show up, walk in the door and, and give an effort and you will change, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally. It's kind of hard not to when you, when you show up three to four days a week, you get to know other people. If you're not showing up, you're probably getting a call or a message from myself or one of the coaches or one of the other members saying, hey, where have you been? And just the, the uh, accountability that you receive from other people is huge as well because what normally, you know, for somebody might be a month out of the gym, mm-hmm. maybe they're a week out of the gym before somebody's getting a hold of them. And whether, whether they come back because they, they feel guilted or whatever, they still come back in and are in for the right reasons. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, sort of similar to that same strand, but a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone hears the word CrossFit, um, similar to thinking that maybe that was some form of a corporate business model or global bu- mm-hmm. business model, and really it is, you know, the, the micro business. There's there's the gym owner, and you're able to create your own brand around mm-hmm. that. What would you say, or what kind of experience for someone that it is maybe intimidated by the word CrossFit mm-hmm. because of CrossFit competitions sure. or, you know, maybe videos they've seen of of certain people. Who, your clientele, are you looking for, you know, those, those really high-end, high-caliber athletes? Or is there a, a different audience that is also part of your picture? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was how I saw it, too. When I first saw CrossFit, it was on ESPN. It was the CrossFit Games. It was the elite, elite level athletes, and I didn't realize that there were actually gyms that you would go to, to to be doing this stuff. So I thought it was just, you know, elite level, strong, mm-hmm. conditioned athletes, um, and I think that still is perpetuated out there. But when you actually get to the gym, it's and people really conflate the competitive side with what actually goes on in the gym. Uh, being a competitive athlete is it's there if you want it to be, but I mean, as far as elite level athletes go between the three gyms, maybe have one or two that you could even throw into that category. But uh, anymore, the really elite level athletes, thats it's pretty much like a job for them. I mean, between the training, the recovery, just the, the preparation, <clears throat> there's a few higher ups that you know are students or uh, have full-time jobs, but it is a big commitment that you know, when I got in, you could you could show up to regular class and still you know be part of a team and make it to regionals, but now it's that's not a thing. So I think that's qual- been quelled down a little bit, and uh, you know it still it still has that uh, impression that's for elite athletes, but um, it's good to see that's changed. CrossFit pivoted there for a bit, 
and went away from the competitive side and really got into, you know, the elderly population and um, regressing movements and making stuff more for uh, longevity as opposed to competitiveness. I think that that perception has has overall evolved. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you know, it's, it's good, good to thing. have both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the business side, so as a business owner and that not being maybe what you thought you were going to do when you were in college. Yeah. Along that path, what have how what has that path been like for you? Has it been smooth sailing all all along, or uh, how has that process gone the last six ish years? You know, I got in because I, I wanted to be my own boss essentially, and I really enjoyed CrossFit. I would say I can't, I could not make the, if I if I opened up a gym and made the same mistakes I did uh, six years ago, I wouldn't be in business very long. So thankfully the market wasn't as saturated as it is now. So it gave me the time to, to learn and make changes. But I would say, uh, I've learned I'm very good at adapting to change, whether it be changing the gym culture, um, you know, changing how I run the business and understanding that you don't know everything. I'm an only child. So, uh, I'm the greatest thing (laughs) ever, but when you get out in the real world, you realize pretty quickly that you're far from it. So, um, and then realizing where I lack and, uh, having people around me that, you know, either make up for or do things better than me has really helped. Yeah. That's great. Having Having a team support system and team Mm -hmm. of people around you along that same thread, um, being not just one gym owner, but being an owner of three locations is a certainly different business model. And you, you spoke to how you, you have a partner in that Mm -hmm. as well. How, um, as you have grown and grown in the sense of location and also expanding your employees, your trainers Mm -hmm. and anyone else you may employ, how has that adaption and that change when have you decided that it's a good time to make those decisions? Mm-hmm. You know, I try to stay ahead of the trend and not get caught. One of the things I did early was um, I had two other gym owners that were friends that I considered mentors that I would pick their brain when something would come up, a situation in the gym or whether it be the workouts, things like that. And they helped me uh, kind of avoid any major uh, catastrophic issues. But as far as having employees go, the nice thing is, you know, when I, f- when I started, it was me and another coach and I probably was right about 50% of the classes I coached and it didn't give me the ability to do the things I needed, you know, keep up on taxes and, you know, make sure that we have enough, uh, merchandise ordered and ready to go and things like that. Um, and then since having a crew that is really good at coaching, that is really good at personal training, um, that picks this stuff up. Um, it's allowed me to do the behind the scenes stuff that I actually enjoy doing. I, I, I like coaching. I like personal training, but I, I'm a problem solver and I enjoy the little issues that come up day to day and figuring out how to fix those things. Your ability to allow some of that control as the business owner to be able to alleviate that out to other people on your team has really, it sounds like, helped you succeed because now you're able to focus on all of these pieces that help the business run that really keep things moving forward. A lot of people listening are maybe in the boat of thinking they may hire or 
may start a location or may expand. What sort of advice would you give to someone in that boat um, relating to the current environment or um, just in general? Uh, the biggest thing is knowing your numbers, um, what your rent's going to be, what you're going to pay your coaches, what you're going to charge for uh, membership, PT, and the expense side too, how often you're going to have to uh, buy new equipment or when to sell things like that. Um, I don't know if you, there's really anything you can read on it, but I mean, there are people out there that are willing to help and, and kind of give information, but it, I mean, it's a test the waters on your own for the most part. Otherwise you, uh, you learn as you go, you're going to make mistakes. You just got to make sure that you're not making mistakes. They're going to cost the business. And when you're not doing things right, understand that you're going to have to change. Yeah, that's great advice. I think that um, people sometimes can be afraid of just even making that mistake. So just knowing that it's going to yeah, happen. You get a lot of people that get into business that are really tired of working for somebody and may not possess the skills uh, necessary to look at themselves and say, hey, I'm screwing this up right now. I should probably do something different. You spoke to this a little bit earlier, a little bit, but I wanted to touch base on it again. Um, your gym also stays involved in the community and has a mission to to give back. What is important to you in that, and what have you done? I mean, we do a lot of stuff. Come Christmas time, um, we have a tree, and we usually get three or four orders of presents because our uh, our members usually pluck those things off when they're fighting. So we're usually like 40 or 50 gifts for Christmas to kids um, in the community. We partner with a, uh, a local foundation called Valor Fit that – uh, in the process of branching outside of uh, Des Moines and Iowa itself that um, takes veterans and places them into gyms. It mm -hmm. started off, it was combat veterans and uh, veterans that struggled from substance abuse um, and just turned their life around. So that's been a really cool thing to see too. You know, people that have served our country that have struggled, my co-owner Thomas, uh, he served two tours and has had some residual effects from uh, being at war and fitness, he would say himself has turned his life around. So that's something that's pretty cool that we've been able to offer here for veterans. Uh, and then cancer, we do things for uh, brain cancer and uh, breast cancer. We hold fundraisers annually as well. That's great. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's uh, been a great contribution to the community. And that certainly also helps create um, a level of value in your brand which is the next thing to talk about really. Mm -hmm. So especially being, you know, you, you've got a couple different tiers because you're CrossFit, you're, but you're Merle Hay CrossFit yeah. and cross, well, CrossFit Merle Hay, mm -hmm. CrossFit Valley Junction, Black Collar CrossFit. Mm -hmm. With each of those locations, how do you create value in your overall brand and in those locations? And how would you give advice to others that are maybe struggling with that concept. I think the reason why the three gyms are successful is the cultures are a little bit different at each, but um, the processes are the same. And we make sure that we focus on the individual. Um, that, that can be hard to do sometimes with class because you're just kind of thrown in and whatever. But uh, upon entering, we get information from the people coming in so we know exactly what they want and how we can help them. Um, and it's, it's appreciated too. You know, this is a very overwhelming thing to walk into. You're seeing barbells drop and people with their shirts off and, you know, not so much anymore, but, um, 
it's more the average person just here working out. And it is, a, it is, it takes work to get to uh, getting in a regular class. But when you do, it doesn't matter if you're a collegiate athlete or have never played a sport in your life and have, don't have an athletic bone in your body, you can still do it. You can still move and it's at your own pace. So I think between the three gyms, we do a really good job of focusing on the person that's coming through the door and listening to what they have to say before throwing them into class and overwhelming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great message. And I think that can resonate in a lot of different businesses is mm-hmm. being able to truly listen to your right. your customer, your right. clientele and take that feedback and, and um, adapt, but then also have that level of consistency mm-hmm. built in. For you as a business owner or the gym, what's next? What's the goal? What's coming up for you? You know, strange times, obviously, that we're in right now. Um, We don't know how much longer we're going to have to have uh, the restrictions that we do. And one of the original concerns was, okay, when we open up, that's great, but we don't know who's going to come back. And uh, at CrossFit Merrill Hay, we have been talking about getting into another aspect of fitness, more circuit training. Um, getting completely away from CrossFit. We're still having our CrossFit side. It's doing really well, but we wanted to offer something different and not the best time to uh, start something new when you're limited on the people and don't know how many people are even ready to come back. So um, the next project for us is having more of a circuit uh, training type gym. We're slowly putting it together. We're not trying to throw everything into it right now because we don't know what's going on, but we're hoping to have it up and running uh, October, October 1st. And we'll see from there. Hopefully, into the new year, we can kind of get back to normal. Fingers crossed, but just don't know yet. Yeah, that's that's great. That it sounds like a very exciting venture to mm-hmm. split off into another um, side of business and include that in your in your model and attract a different sort of clientele and customer that then would also see the rest of the business as well that and the rest of the gym that maybe they wouldn't have seen otherwise yeah. and may create new interests that. I'm a bit of a risk taker too, yeah. so we could just sit back and be fine with CrossFit and do really well, yeah. but I really wanted to get out there and do something different and, and test to see if what we have here we can take to another kind of aspect of fitness and do, and I, this team is awesome, so uh, I'm nervous, but I'm still confident. <laughs> That's good. It's good to have a, yeah. have a little bit of risk built in. Someone that is not a business owner at all yet, but maybe is in that environment of just either not wanting to be an employee anymore or is um, just kind of not fulfilled by the monotony of a different level of job and is dappling in the consideration of starting their own business. What would you say to someone in that position? Um, whatever you choose to do, don't dabble in anything. I think you need to go ahead first and figure out, uh, figure out what you want to do and find out if there's an opportunity to have a career in doing it. You know, sometimes because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you're going to be able to necessarily pay the bills. And that's a big one. Passion only goes so far until you're strapped for money. Um, that was one thing I learned here at the gym is if my coaches aren't getting paid a, a good wage and what they deserve, they can roll it out there all day. At some point, that passion is going to run out, and they have some serious at-home issues they have to fo- they have to uh, take care of, and then coaches leave. So, um, how that applies to anybody interested in running a business, uh, just make sure that there's money uh, in the career that you want to do. Yeah, not always not always the case, but um, you need to take care of yourself and family too. 
yeah, be able to be sustainable, but still have that passion and right. make sure those things yes. mesh together. Is yes. Good advice. Uh, and then last question for you is, um, Anyone listening to this that maybe is already a member here, um, has visited or is considering visiting for Mm -hmm. the first time, what is something that you would want them to either know about the business or something they can look forward to? Good question. Um, For people currently here, I'm pretty open and transparent about why we do things. I guess I would thank them for being uh, members and sticking with us. You know, the 60 days that we were closed was a pretty rough time, I think, for everybody. But it was something that they looked forward to. And they hung in there with us. They could have said, hey, we're going to drop our membership. Uh, We're not really getting anything at the gym. But they stuck it out and supported us. Um, People that have come in before um, are always welcome back. Most of the people that leave have moved. Anyways... And then people thinking about doing it, you just try. Just walk in the door. You know, there's really no expectation of you. People are always fear, afraid to get judged. But uh, I think in CrossFit gyms, you have to understand everybody started at some point and experienced that same nervousness. And I don't know, of our right about 150 members, I would say maybe eight have played collegiate athletics, and probably half have never even touched a ball of any sort. <laughs> so uh, this is. At these three gyms, we are open to have anybody come in the doors. We can work with anybody, and we truly mean that. And we have. I mean, we've worked with people with cerebral palsy, um, had uh, some folks that are well into the 500 pounds that have come down and changed their life around. The other cool thing about the folks that are here, too, is we have um, two couples that have met here and are married, or soon to be married. One's married, one's soon to be married. Um, And the first couple, I think they have two kids. So it's been really cool to see that if that if this place weren't here, that their life would have been different. So that's always a fun thing to sit back and be like, that's pretty cool that happened. Yeah, that yeah. is very cool and very exciting to be a part of mm-hmm. that, um, making a difference in people's life in a variety of different ways, not just while they're here, but right. yeah, you affect them. It, it's a ripple effect. Right. So that is... Awesome. I really appreciate your time and as well getting to learn more about you and um, your business overall. I look forward to hearing more good things. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa. Small businesses. Doing big things.